This is Radio Free Pro Wrestling, the home of smart and stunning wrestling takes. Welcome and happy Saturday morning and what a big freaking morning. And no, I'm not talking about AEW Collision. Yes, that's about 12 hours from now. But finally, after about two months, I have the honorary mayor of Chicago, Jake Alnar, back on our show. Jake, how you doing? Ladies and gentlemen, the band is back together. Well, at least uh, two thirds of the band. Well, it's great to hear from you, Jake. <laughs> Thank Yeah, thanks so much. <laughs> and yes, uh, you made the right call to reach out to me uh, on a very uh, busy weekend in the world of professional wrestling. So I was like, no way can I miss this this edition of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Well, you know, Jake, I could think anybody who had their fingers on the pulse of Chicago besides you. You asked the right person. So there you go. <laughs> okay, Jake, let's slide over to the 76 questions and let's get everybody ready for AEW Collision because I kind of feel like this is going to be one hell of a show. Oh, absolutely. Probably an understatement. It's time for the stunning six questions. All the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully Sean and Jay can figure it out. The thing about AEW Collision that I like to uh, get across is that, uh, yes, it's an additional two hours on TNT. And it's going to be very interesting. And how excited are you? Uh, this new weekly show uh, coming up, you know, it's additional two hours and there's only like so much uh, we can we can watch in terms of, like you know wrestling content. Um, but with this one, like considering you know Punk's going to be involved, uh, FTR is going to be involved. Uh, I'm probably going to go out of my way to at least watch this live uh, that I already do with Dynamite. You know, Jake, I'm going to watch this evening's episode at AW Collision for the fact that it looks like it's loaded. We also got the return of Miro coming up here on Collision, and like everybody else, I'm kind of interested to see what CM Punk does and how this main event match goes down. Yeah, ditto. They've announced like a few matches uh, right now with uh, Wardlow versus Luchasaurus for the TNT title. And then you got uh, Andrade uh, making his comeback as well against Buddy Matthews. Tony Storm and Ruby Soho against Willow and Sky Blue. And then obviously the uh, the much anticipated main event of CM Punk and FTR, Dax and Cash against Samoa Joe, Jay White, and Juice Robinson. And that's going to be pretty interesting to watch. And I'm sure that's going to be one heck of a, of a six-man right there. And, uh, you know, we obviously know the history between Samoa Joe and CM Punk. So not bad of a, uh, of a comeback right here. Well, Jake, you led me right into my first stunning question for you. How excited are you for the six-man tag match? I'm pretty excited. I, I, I kind of thought it was going to be like a one-on-one -on -one match. Now that I know that uh, he's teaming with FTR. FTR, I'm, I'm definitely am uh, looking forward to this. Yeah, I got my tickets ready for the United Center. I got my parking passes. So I just bought it last week. And uh, yes, I do expect the crowd reaction to be magnificent. Maybe up to par with the the first dance uh, back in August of 2021, which I was also at. So you can bet that I'm going to be recording a lot of footage and take a lot of photos that night. I was like you. I thought the beginning it might be a singles match, but the fact that CM Punk is coming off of a major injury and he's been away from professional wrestling for about nine months, having him team up with FDR and putting him in a ring with like three veterans and Juice Robinson, Jay White, and Samoa Joe probably is the smartest move Tony Khan can made. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's definitely the smartest move. Uh, to start off this inaugural edition of AEW Collision, to be honest with you, I think him having a, a 
a program with Samoa Joe, uh, maybe going into uh, the summer and uh, to the next uh, Death Before Dishonor event. Probably be a good idea, uh, but that's like me fantasy booking right here. You know, I kind of like that since, you know, with the original ROH, Chicago was one of the basic birthplaces for Ring of Honor. So why not start this feud here? Mm-hmm. I definitely bet that uh, these two would have an uh, an amazing uh, promo battle uh, between each other. As we know, the the uh, the next Death Before Dishonor will be uh, July 21st in Trenton, New Jersey. Exactly, Jake. I'm going to move over to our second sunny question. Who do you want to see Miro face this evening? Because it wasn't announced who he's facing, but it said, like, hey, Miro's making his return on AEW, so who would you pair with the uh, the Redeemer? Ooh, for the Redeemer. You can say there are a ton of uh, options out here. I don't know if it's the best uh, time to do Wardlow yet, uh, because uh, they kind of did that already uh, with... Uh, Miro and uh, and Wardlow. I would definitely um, be open to uh, to go outside the box and see if he can do even if he can do a program with Brian Danielson. Actually, ooh, Jake, that was a good answer. I like your answer better than one I think I got in my head. But let me run this one by you to see if you like my idea. Okay, how about Orange Cassidy versus Miro for the international title? You know what? <laughs> you probably have a better answer than I do. To be honest with you. <laughs> That would be an, um, a pretty intriguing match and program for, for both of them. Because, look, Orange Cassidy is on fire right now. You know, watching the past uh, few Dynamites, always been uh, opening the show for uh, for Dynamite. And, uh, hey, look, I mean, he has proven it week after week uh, that uh, the, the denier is wrong. Like, hey, Orange Cassidy is a is a well-rounded is a well-rounded wrestler in the ring. So, yeah, that, that, would, be, that would definitely be a, a great matchup for him. You know, I really like my idea. The only thing I think goes against my idea is the fact that Orange Cassidy probably has a international title match coming up at Forbidden Door. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think you want to have him lose the title before Forbidden Door. But that would be me dream booking here. I feel like that would be a perfect opponent for Miro and get a few started. And it wouldn't hurt Orange Cassidy to take, to, to take a loss. Yeah, yeah, maybe to take a loss by losing the title here definitely won't hurt to Orange Cassidy. So if this is uh, an idea that they can do uh, after Forbidden Door, I would definitely be open to it. Okay, Jake, we're moving over to our third Sunday question. Do you think we're going to see Thunder Rosa this evening on Collision? She's the one person they haven't announced yet for the show. Yeah, they haven't really announced it yet. I could definitely see that happening. I do have a feeling that she could turn heel, though, and probably do like a kind of like a lambasting promo against the crowd, turning on them. I would like to see like something like something of a fresh, like a refreshing of the Thunder Rosa character. Okay, here's a crazy idea for you, Jake. Would you want to see her pair up with the outcasts? That's a good. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, Maybe like having them for kind of like a female uh, version of the of the Undisputed Era. Uh, that could definitely be uh, an intriguing idea. I like my idea in a way, but also, Jake, I'm kind of like you, kind of hesitant because I really want to see Fender Rosa on her own getting back into action. Yeah, that's the that's a little bit of the hesitancy right there. It, I think it'd be a great idea. I mean, I know that's uh, uh, kind of a, a step down uh, for her, but uh, maybe um, Thunder Rosa against Chris Stadlander, uh, knowing some of the history of that, and then having them pro- uh, have a program for the TBS championship. Now that we have Chris as the baby face. Uh, that's something I would love. I would definitely like to see. You know, that would be an interesting dynamic from match, having Satlander versus Funner Rosa, and us seeing a heel Funner Rosa, which is something we haven't seen in AEW at all. She was always the babyface. Yeah, that's true. Like something fresh uh, for her, definitely. Okay, I want to go back to AEW Dynamite for my fourth standing question here. 
what do you feel about the interaction between Sting and Chris Jericho from this past week's episode of AW Dynamite? So what basically happened, uh, just to recap, uh, is that uh, Sammy Guevara came out and uh, talking about what he wants to do. And the thing is, is that with Sammy Guevara, you know, he's been kind of distant from Chris Jericho. And then had and then Jericho came out to the ring on Wednesday outright asking Sammy, like, what the hell's going on, dude? Like, well, what's been going on? You haven't been asking for my help in, in, in weeks. You had the opportunity to win the championship from, from MJF, and you didn't ask for my, for my advice once. You know, I made you a star. Wouldn't you at least try to ask my help? And then when Darby had Sting out, and it's kind of surreal because, like, we've never seen these two, Jericho and Sting, actually even, I don't, not, much less not having a match, but I don't think we've seen it like a, like a face-to-face between these two. Maybe even a segment, which is kind of crazy since they, they both of them were like were at, were in were involved in WCW's peak, a uh, peak time. So I am really excited uh, about the storyline and, and something that I can definitely be invested in uh, is is a is a potential feud between Jericho and the Icon Sting. You know, Jake, I really like the fact that it looks like you're gonna get this. Jericho versus Sammy Guevara feud for the summer, and I know that Chris has put a lot of work into helping Sammy find his character and build him over the last couple of years through the Jericho Appreciation Society and the Inner Circle, and I feel like that would be a big win for Sammy. And you're right, Jake. We have never seen an interaction between Sting and Chris Jericho in WCW or the short time that Sting was in the WWE. They have always been two ships dripping apart during the night, and that moment on Wednesday night, I just had chills because here you have two legends that I watched during WCW, love both of them, and now finally we get the interaction, and it was awesome. It's crazy to think about it, that these two never uh, never ran into each other. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I had chills at this past one day, Wednesday, so I wonder when I wonder when they are going to face each other, actually. Would you, would you save it for maybe, maybe all in, or uh, would you do like a, maybe a match beforehand? What do you think? You know, I would literally say if you're going to do a short single match, I would do it for all in with Jericho versus Sting. And I feel like Jericho can probably pull it off with Sting. But I do like the fact that they're going to try to do a tag team match first with Darby Allen and Sammy involved with both sides. Right. So you can have one on an AW TV show, then have a longer match at all in. I feel like you can probably do it twice and you probably wouldn't lose anybody. I think you should do that first, the uh, the tag team match with uh, uh with Sting and Darby and uh, Jericho and Sammy Guevara. Uh, if, again, if that'll happen, like maybe after a Forbidden Door, uh, that'll be a that'll be a great opportunity for for both sides. Okay, Jake, let's move over to the fifth study question. As we stay with AEW Dynamite here, what do you think about the ending to the Adam Cole and MJF match from this past week? Were you satisfied with a time limit draw? I am satisfied uh, because I don't think this is the last we've seen between both guys. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to see a much more of a clear culmination uh, for uh, for both these guys. And uh, yeah, it was still a fantastic match. Uh, I think both guys uh, knocked it out of the park. And uh, great, great usage of the of the 30 minute time limit. Uh, because with this time, uh, with the uh, with the referee uh, almost uh, almost counting to three, and then the bell suddenly rang before beforehand. Great use of storytelling right there, and I loved the, of uh, MJF trying to use that uh, distraction finish for the disqualification, uh, giving giving Adam Cole the belts, and it backfired on him because like we've seen that spot so many times, uh, but uh, very creative way to to use that spot and have it backfire on him. 
You know, Jake, that was one of my favorite spots for that match. And you're right. We always seen the spot where the heel tosses the title over to the baby face. And the baby face just stands there like deer in the headlights. Like, what did I do with this? And I was just happy that Adam Cole was like, the ref is still down. Why not? Let's use the opportunity. Just bash, just bash him with the head with the belt. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was awesome. I, I just, I popped during that moment. <laughs> you know, I gotta say, this match was probably one of my favorite matches for TV in the last six months. And it may be one of my shortlist match of the year candidates. It was definitely a short list stuff for me. Yeah, it was a it's a fantastic match. Definitely a contender because we're halfway and uh, I don't know I don't even know if you can see you can put uh, some of the the G1 the G1 matches that are coming up. But I don't know if you can even top this, so. <laughs> you know, Jake, we'll have to break down the G1 tournament here in a few weeks because that sucker is loaded as well. Oh yeah, that sucker is loaded as well, so. Jake, my sixth and final stunning question, we're going to do one WWE question, and it's simply the fact, who do you see gaining the streaming and TV rights for the WWE since we're past the like the exclusive time period for NBC Universal and Fox to negotiate like, with WWE? Now WWE can open it up to everybody. Yeah, so they close their negotiating window with both uh, Fox and NBC Universal. And uh, there was a New York Post story on the WWE negotiations uh, this past week. Uh, and it noted a few things. The first is that, obviously, the exclusive uh, negotiating, negotiating windows uh, have uh, are now over. But the betting line at this point seems to be the renewals of both deals, uh, since ratings are... They have remained strong, so I do expect Fox to maybe get a uh, maybe get, uh, benefit of the deal uh, here and probably renew their deal with SmackDown. It's interesting because, like, if I was WWE, I would probably be open to, with uh, multiple bidders. Uh, also, with this New York Post story, is that uh, it also noted that uh, Disney is interested in having WWE programming, uh, but it would be to put the programming on FX. Uh, obviously, WWE's hope, the pie and the key hope, would be to get both shows on network television. Uh, obviously, uh, Networks, uh, while declining to a degree, are far more stable over the, the long haul than cable, and uh, without a doubt, still reaches far more people uh, than uh, than cable. So if Raw regularly beats what NBC puts on in the same time slot, if NBC Universal feels the amount of money it would take to get Raw doesn't make sense on a declining USA network, the idea of it, whether Monday or another night, being on the actual NBC television network could justify the cost. If cable can no longer can um you can also add uh fx in there as i as i mentioned i wouldn't uh, put um put behind uh the possibilities of amazon prime or apple hbo max as well you know jake i've been thinking about it and you know how the nfl has all these deals with nbc dc espn but they also have that Thursday night game where it's exclusive to amazon prime and i got a feeling why doesn't the wwe decouple their like streaming rights and have that over to, like, Amazon Prime. And then you can still no negotiate SmackDown and Raw with Fox and Disney or whoever else you want to do it with. And as this spreads your content over a larger area, and you're still making probably more money than you can think of. You know, there are also, there are also the rumors that the NBA is also searching that opportunity as well. I uh, mean, those possibilities. Like, not only having on ESPN and TNT and ABC, but also maybe probably having it on an Amazon Prime as well. So, you know, streaming is the future. That's the reality of it. And, uh, but to look, that, but, you know, the NFL is successful because they have their content everywhere and they're 
uh, expanding more games. They're uh, they're creating more games uh, for uh, for the fans because they have they have content deals with all the major networks and on streaming. So if I was WWE, I would definitely take a take a part out of the NFL's playbook. Exactly. Now the only catch is I got a feeling that NBC Universal has the rights to this network until 2026, but surely they can ne- negotiate that and pay NBC Universal some money to get out of that kind of early, especially with the uh, with the takeover with Endeavor. Um, they'll they'll probably like um, negotiate have some enough money to probably just buy out that deal for a little bit. So, but yeah, I mean it's a great time uh, business wise. Uh, say what you want about WWE, but uh, the amount of money that they're grabbing. I mean, like, you know, I'm still a, I'm still a stockholder myself and uh, seeing seeing some of the gains uh, in the long term. Like, you know, that's why <laughs> that's why I get uh, I get into the investing part of things, too. So, I mean, if you would ask you my opinion, uh, maybe I, maybe FX would be a uh, would be an interesting choice uh, to to have one of those WWE properties with Raw and NXT. You know, FX would almost immediately shoot up from four hundred sixty two thousand viewers, which is like the average for uh, for FX. So. And for for a number on cable, like they can definitely double that. So, I mean, they that can definitely benefit them as well. Exactly, and then you can actually also cross over and have like some of the premium live events on like ESPN Plus or Disney Plus, and just bundle that in there too. And just like, oh hey, here's your one stop mega entertainment streaming services, Disney Plus. There'll be a lot of possibilities to keep an eye on in the next uh, couple couple years. So. Reaching that uh, time where uh, the negotiating is is happening and the uh, the TV the current TV deals are are close to ending, so it's uh, it's really important to uh, uh, to keep an eye on that. So yeah, I recommend not sponsored by them. So yeah, keep in check with uh, Russell Nomics because uh, they always have like the the most uh, expert expert analysis in terms of like the business side of things. <laughs> well, you know, Brandon Person is really really good at what he does, and I will highly recommend his podcast. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's a, it's a must listen every week. <laughs> That ends our stunning six questions for this week on Radio Free Professional Wrestling. And Jake has enough time to join me for another segment. So let's go in depth into this ESPN interview article with CM Punk. So Jake, my first question for you. Was this a nothing burger or did we actually learn something? Yeah, I think this is the first time we've seen, like, you know, an AEW talent actually um, actually being open to what actually happened uh, that night in All Out uh, last year. So, you know, it was a, it was a interesting interview uh, conducted by Mark Ramundi. It was a written piece, uh, which which I have a feeling that, you know, Tony Khan doesn't uh, want uh, Punk to do, like, an actual, like, video interview uh, outside of his programming first. But uh, it's it was kind of interesting how, how, like, you know, one Phil Brooks said he had massive regrets about what transpired in that media scrum. You know, has since apologized to uh, to Tony Khan about it. We do know that uh, with the Punk's relationship with Tony Khan is pretty much smooth. Uh, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't blame him uh, about anything, or at least he says it. Um, you know, it's pretty interesting when... Uh, when Punk had this quote uh, saying the first thing he did uh, when he sat down with Tony Khan uh, was like he's, he he literally said, man, I'm really sorry that I put you in that position. And I apologize for that scrum. So you can tell that uh, you, you can tell that uh, he has a genuineness there, uh, even though that someone might question it. It's interesting because we've seen time and time and again, like AEW launching a third party investigation with a law firm into the matter. We've never heard anything about it. Uh Tony Khan refused to say anything about it. Kenny Omega uh, said on on uh, Renee Paquette's podcast that uh, she that uh, he can't talk 
he can't talk about it. So it, it's it's kind of unfortunate. There was little to no mention of of um uh, little to no mention of it on AEW television at all, especially on the on their reality show All Access. You know, it's 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 very interesting and and some new some new information that uh, we saw in this article is that Punk did go out of his way to try to converse with Omega and uh, the Jacksons uh, since the incident. I mean, he has tried. He he tried to reach out, uh, but constantly, like he he has gotten messages from lawyers saying, "Do not contact this person." So it's you know it, it, it's unfortunate that it has reached this point, uh, and maybe we wouldn't have this this new two hour show that is Collision if it if this whole thing didn't transpire. So. I mean, at least you know one side is open to having those discussions and and putting those those issues aside. So there there's still that hesitancy uh, with the uh, with the elite there, and and I don't blame them one bit. You know, Jay, I really feel like CM Punk was really honest in this interview, and you kind of get to see how he was feeling during that scrum, and he admits that you know I was in a lot of pain, I was really hurting that night, and you can tell that he regrets the fact that that got so out of hand, and everything went downhill from there. But he also says like, "Hey, this happens in like every other sport," and he's right; it happens in every other sport. You have nights where you see teammates go at each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You not everybody you know gets along, especially. Especially we've seen in, in in baseball too. Like we've seen some some teammates uh, um, having a shouting match uh, between each other and uh, and just having just having a go having them go at it in the bullpen. So yeah, this has happened for a long time. But I think with that is that it's unfortunate because like there's not a lot of accountability from the from the higher end of things. Uh, in in one sense, Tony Khan, like you know, we don't know like how he's how he's been able to control the situation. The thing is that you know, as a boss, you should be able to put your to to stop your feet down, to stomp your foot down, and say, "Hey, this is unacceptable. Uh, you shouldn't be doing this in, in this kind of locker room. You should remain professional." So there there are faults going at to, in a lot of sides here. You know, Jake, you're right, and that's where my biggest beef was, like from the brawl out episode, is like that that was a clear lack of lack of control from upper management and i.e. Upper management being Tony Khan. Yeah, exactly. So, what are your thoughts uh, when you when you read this too, man? Well, like I said, I feel like CM Punk is remorseful for the events at All Out. I feel like he still kind of feels like there's hasn't been too much done with some of the issues that still persist from that. Mainly, probably his relationship with Heyman and Page. I doubt they're ever going to have a real relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the unfortunate thing is, we there's another elephant in the room here as well, which is. Cole Cabana, like he didn't do, he didn't do anything wrong here, and he's still being like you know black blacklisted uh, within like some circles of the industry. And then I don't know why fans are for some reason he's getting some vitriol from some fans online too, which I don't understand. And see, he hardly said anything. Like you, you know, to to him, I, I kind of feel sorry for him as well. And uh, we haven't seen him a lot lately on AEW television, so maybe he's just focusing on on Ring of Honor at this point. So, but um, yeah, I mean. It, it, it's this story is the story is not done. Like you know, this, there's still a lot of um, a lot of uh, heads that need to be cooled, and I just wish that you know TK would at least like you know be the bridge between the two sides and at least have a conversation with with one another and saying that hey, can we please at least move on from this and see if how, what we can do to at least work with each other uh, in the same locker room and you know like the dream match is CM Punk and FDR against. Um, against Kenny and the Young Bucks. I mean, that's that's 
that would be the ultimate um, match that I would love to see down the road. But yeah, unfortunately, I don't see it happening anytime soon. You know, Jake, I don't see that match happening for probably another 12 to 16 months. Eventually, that match needs to happen. And I feel like Tony just needs to eventually say, you guys all work for me. This is a money-making match. Let's all be professionals and let's just give the fans what they want. Mm -hmm. Amount of crowd response uh, for that program, too. And it, it will be, it'll be, a, it'll be spectacular, like beyond, like beyond belief. You're right, Jake. The only other thing I can think about this interview was the fact that the journalist was really amazing putting the whole story together for a non-wrestling fan. Me and you, we're diehard wrestling fans. We know all the story or what we've seen through TV and stuff. But for somebody who doesn't know what Brawlout was, what the feud is between Heyman, Kenny Omega, the jacksons and cm punk this article explains the whole situation for you and basically lays it out for you yeah basically it's out and um really really well written by a uh, mark ramundi and when he putting it putting out uh, this interview so laid out all the information for those who aren't who aren't familiar with it and uh what's going to be happening going forward so yeah so props to him so uh, props to, to mark uh from espn right here so and uh yeah, I mean, you know, in interviews, you know, he, he mentioned that uh, Tony Khan said that TNT wanted more AEW programming, and Saturday was the night selected. So, do you think that's the case, Sean? Do you think that uh, we're not getting the whole story here? Do you think that Khan probably reached out to TNT and see if this could probably happen, maybe because of the uh, the results of Brawl Out? You know, that's a $64 billion question, and I don't think we're going to have the actual answer until way down the line, until somebody writes a book like a tell-all book but you know what i got a feeling maybe the fact that this every time warner wanted an extra show from aew this is their highest performing show outside of the nba nbl baseball and nhl so maybe they're like hey here's saturday we don't have anything too special going on here's two hours on saturday give us a show please at the end of the day aw collision 7 p.m central time it's going to be one hectic night in the industry and uh, I'm going to be there live and uh, very interested to, to hear all y'all's feedback, how it went down for the inaugural event. And um, probably to close out here, Sean, I'm very curious in how this this new show will be presented going forward every week. I really hope that this this new show is different and unique and it's not the same presentation to, at le say, at least a, a Dynamite. It's like, I hope we have like a different stage a different setup. We just found out uh, the commentary team of Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGuinness and Jim Ross, which uh, that that'll be a very interesting uh, team right there. I'm curious to hear uh, their uh, their their call. Uh, Tony Khan just announced that. So uh, yeah, that's that's my thoughts on that. I'm happy you brought the announced team because you got three of my favorites, and I'm just thinking how this is all going to work together because Kevin Kelly and Nigel, they'll just work together so seamlessly. I mean, like, that is a dream pairing. And I love JR, but I feel like he's the odd man out here because he hasn't worked with either of these guys, basically. Yeah, I feel like, he, I mean, he has, he has, well, he has worked with Kevin Kelly uh, in, in the past. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I definitely hear what you're uh, you're going to say. And um, maybe it's going to help uh, JR be, uh, since he's very uh, familiar with uh, with Kevin Kelly. And uh, but so, yeah, I mean, J I expect Jr. to be to remain as the as the analyst role. And I don't think he's going to be the 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 play by play man, because we all we know that's going to be Kevin Kelly. I, I definitely agree that this is going to be a good team. Would have preferred uh, I would have wished uh, Veda Scott would be involved in this. But uh, what can you do, really? 
But uh, yeah, but with these with these three guys, and I gotta say, I feel so happy for Excalibur that he doesn't have to be everywhere. Everywhere, uh, he is the hardest working guy in the in the commentary team, and he has to go through like not just Dynamite but Rampage, Battle on the Belts as well. So I'm really happy that he finally finally gets a day off at least. You know, okay, so let's go back to Beta, Beta Scott for a second because I was kind of disappointed that she didn't make the cut here for the first episode of Collision because I feel like she would be a fresh voice for AEW to use and she has done commentary other places and I wish they would let her do it. Hopefully down the road they'll have her in there for Collision or Dynamite because I feel like she's a talent. She's a different voice and we need different voices doing commentary for professional wrestling. He's been pretty uh, spectacular on uh, AEW Dark, uh, the times that she was involved. And I think it's, I think it'll be pretty cool to have at least like a female voice uh, in, in the commentary team. Like, we know that we, uh, we have uh, Renee Paquette as part of the broadcast team, but she's mainly doing interviews. Like, you know, let's, let's see if we can uh, try to, try to put a woman uh, at least in, in, in the commentary team, how that will work every week. Exactly, Jake. Jake, I'm with you. Escalor having a day off from doing anything involving like pitching to seven or running down a card. I'm happy for the gym to have a day off because if they asked him to do collision, I would have been Escalor. Let me be your um agent. We're going to demand more money for you because you need some more money. Oh yeah, I mean, if it was a, a huge raise, then 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 definitely he he would take it. But yeah, come on, like like Excalibur, he has worked so hard and. The, the amount of like promos he does and on such a, a rapid on a rapid pace like I don't know how he does it so like, he just runs out of breath like every time at the end so yeah I'm really happy that he at least gets some rest here well Jake that has been radio free for pressure wrestling for June 17th 2023 and I know you're heading down to see collision enjoy have a great show. Oh yeah, Sean, great to be back here. And it's great to be back with all my friends and family here at the community of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jake Allinar, keep me posted. And if you want to reach out to me for any inquiries, uh, be happy to uh, give me a shout out or send a message. Feel free to do so. It's great to be back here, Sean. Well, it's great to have you back. And always go over to RadioFreePW.com to catch up on the latest episode of Radio Free Professional Wrestling. So, Jake... Have fun at the show, and ladies and gentlemen, we'll catch you next week on Radio Free Professional Wrestling. Stay stunning. Top guys out. Brother. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.